My name is Jacob Stoops. And I'm Jeff Luella. And you're listening to the Page Two Podcast. This is our podcast about the people of the SEO industry. We chronicle the real life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the business. In today's episode, we talk with Casey Gillette, Senior Director of Digital at Co-Marketing. We discuss how she got her start in marketing working for an online dating site in the mid-2000s, literally handing out flyers in clubs, which actually, in a roundabout way, led to her first SEO job, which is ultimately where she fell in love with it. We also talk about how she got to co-marketing, how she left and then boomeranged right back in-house versus agency, her biggest SEO challenges, convincing clients to get recommendations implemented, how she learned to be a confident public speaker, the recent SEOs are assholes kerfuffle, which I find amusing, uh, the importance of SEO training and education, and much more. So get your popcorn ready as we tell Casey's SEO story and have another great roundtable discussion. Hey, everybody. Uh, This is Jacob Stoops here again with the Page 2 podcast, and I am joined by Mr. Jeff Luella. Jeff, how's it going? Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. Jeff, you changed it up that time. Yeah. It's like, hey, howdy, hey. (laughs) Hey, howdy, hey. Like, uh, what is it, Al Borland? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, that's funny. We're getting better. We're getting better. Yeah, we'll try to figure it out. And we are also joined by Casey Gillette. How's it going, Casey? Hey, howdy. I think your tool time reference might be overlooked by a lot of people. Jeff reminds me of Al Borland uh, quite a yeah. lot in terms of his side hobbies. And he's a do-gooder. Jeff is a do-gooder. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like yeah. Al. Um, so Casey is the Senior Director of Digital at Co-Marketing. Uh, and is um, a, a really awesome guest. Um, I, I've said this, I think, to a few guests, so I don't want you to feel like you're not at all special because you are special. Um, in, you sound like my mother. Right, right. <laughs> very, very special. Um, but no, when we were setting out to, to, when I was setting out over a year ago to do this podcast and when we kind of sat down for, um, for season two, um, you were definitely on the on the list of people that we wanted to to talk to. Um, and, and there's a there's a massive like we basically want to talk to everybody in SEO. But but you're just really really making me feel good here. <laughs> yeah. But you were definitely. Um, I made I, season two. That's exciting. Thank you for having me. Yes, you made it to season two. Me too. And se- season one was entirely just me trying to figure figure stuff out live on the internet. So anyways, <laughs> isn't that our job? That's our job as search marketers anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's basically 25 hours of me just gabbing, gabbing online. And I decided to bring Jeff in to, to talk with me. So just for my intro. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of what we're going to be covering today, so we've got a great agenda. First and foremost, we're, we're going to talk to Casey about her background And then we are going to cover a little bit of SEO news. Surprise, surprise. There was another kerfuffle in the industry. Uh, Always, uh, the industry seems to always have uh, a kerfuffle probably once or twice a week uh, that we'll talk about. A little bit of drama. 
Uh, and then at the end of the show, if anybody has stuck around to the end, uh, we're going to talk about uh, building a team and SEO training and how to go about that and the importance of, of doing that. So definitely, uh, definitely a great agenda today. So Casey, the hallmark of the show, kind of like we're superheroes, is the, uh, the origin story of great SEOs and the, the backgrounds, the trials, the tribulations. Um, so tell us about yourself. How did you get into SEO and just who are you? Yeah, uh, loaded question. Um, you know, I was one of those people who didn't know what SEO was. We didn't know what it was in 2005. I'd never heard of it. You know, I was out of college, I was bartending, thought, gosh, I, I guess I should probably get a job in marketing. My parents paid a lot of money for my college education. Um, and a guy that I knew uh, that, that I had just met through the bar um, had approached me about this job in marketing. And I was like, okay, well, what it ended up being was it was an online dating site. And, but this is 2005, so like online dating wasn't really a thing. And what we had to do was go out to clubs and hand out flyers for this online dating site, which is awful, right? That's just an awful job. But fast forward about six months, um, I had stopped doing that after like a month, I think. And he reached back out and said, hey, I have this job. We have another job um, doing SEO. Are you interested? And I said, I don't know what that is, but sure. Um, and that was it. You know, I, I was so fortunate because the company that I ended up working for at the time was huge. There were about 150 people and it had people like Jenny Hallas and Garrett French and Andy Beal, um, these people in JP Sherman, these people that you know as these you know, industry thought leaders, well, that's where they also started out. So I had these amazing people to train me and to teach me you know, what SEO is. And I think like most of us, um, I just fell in love. You know, you, you start doing it. And you're like, oh, this is, this is exciting and it changes and it's cool. And, um, you know, here we are 13, 14 years later, whatever year it is now. I don't know. I hear that it's going to be 2020. But oh. I'm not sure if that's a new decade, <laughs> a new decade or still the same decade. People yeah, can't I don't know. It's tricky. So how did you get to co-marketing? And, and not only yeah. that, how did you kind of climb the ladder to senior director? Yeah, well, <laughs> just run. <laughs> I, when I was down in Carolina, I was ready to move up back, back up north. I was like, I got to get out of the south here. Uh, so I applied to a job at co-marketing, actually. And I just, I loved, what, I loved what they had to offer. Well, at the time, there were only three other people. So I ended up moving up here. There were four of us in total, just really small, um, which was so fun. You know, it was a whole new experience. I went from this big company to a very small company. Um, and that was really exciting. Now that happened around 2009, 2007, 2008, right before the economy collapsed. Um, and, you know, we started to lose a lot of, right? We just didn't have a lot of business. Um, and I was approached to go in-house start, you know, start an SEO team there, help run the digital marketing team. And so I went and did that for a couple years and that was really cool. I never thought that I would want to go in house because, you know, when you're on the agency side, it's so fun, right? There, there's all these different things always happening. Um, but the opportunity was really great. You know, I got exposure to like running TV ads and radio ads, um, you know, building a social team, building a community team. So that stuff was really fun. 
Um, but I stayed in touch with the co-marketing guys because they were so fantastic. Um, and a few years into that, they said, you know, do you want to come back? I don't know. Um, and, you know, Derek, who, who runs Go Marketing, was like, well, we're moving the office downtown. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> you know, I live in the city and I always had to drive out there. And my whole dream of moving to Boston was I didn't have to have a car and I didn't have to drive anywhere. So he was making my dream come true. There it is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, I've kind of, you know, I've been at Co Marketing twice now. Um, I've been back seven years. So a total of 10. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to help grow the company. Um, the guys who run it are fantastic. We have such great people on the team. Um, we're really meticulous about who we hire and how we hire. And um, I think because of that, we've been able to be successful. So I'm going to apologize in, in advance because I'm, what I'm hearing is, so you were at co-marketing and then went in-house somewhere and then back to co-marketing. Correct. Okay, because I was thinking, I was like, wait, you're at co-marketing, but you're also in-house? I'm yeah, so <laughs> I'm very, I'm multitasking. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so the it seems like the first time you were doing a lot of um, off offline uh, TV and radio and um, and then a little dabbling in, in the, the social space. Yeah. And um, I guess what is so different outside of being downtown uh, different this time in terms of like your role? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that was really exciting to me was I got to come in and build a team. Um, and that's honestly one of my absolute favorite things about my role, about this industry. Um, you know, I do a lot of speaking events and the reason is I love that part. Like, I just love when someone comes up to you and says, oh, I've never thought about this this way or like, oh, this is so helpful. Or, you know, you write a blog post and someone says, oh, I use that and I sent it to my team. Like, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. Um, you know, there's a rewarding element to it. And as part of coming back, my role here was to build a team who, you know, we got, I get to teach them SEO. I get to teach them marketing um, and you get to watch them all grow up and become really good marketers. And I mm -hmm. love that. I think that's really fun and exciting. So have to ask, always have to ask, this comes up like every episode, um, in-house or agency? So I am an agency girl, <laughs> but <laughs> I do have to say like, there are benefits of being in-house. Um, one, I think it's a lot easier. <laughs> you know, you, you talk to people who work at agencies. I, in fact, uh, I remember when I was coming back to the agency world and guys that I know was like, oh, why would you do that? <laughs> like, why would you deal with clients? But I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but I love the challenge, right? I feel like there's always new challenges and like, when you're in-house, you're only exposed to a minimal amount of things. Whereas on the agency side, you know, I have 10 clients. And so I'm seeing all of these different situations, um, just the learning element in this space. We have to keep up. You have to be constantly learning. And I think at the agency side, you get a little bit more exposure to that um, because you do have the different things. So for me, it's agency, but I certainly understand why people like being in-house. Do you ever feel that you can't get everything you want to get done. Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, we have a set amount of hours yeah. where, you know, not sure what that is, but you know, yeah. every client's different, but um, there, I, my, 
I've always been in an agency. I've never been in house. <laughs> and the one thing I always dreamed about was actually being able to just sit there and ha- like be in internal meetings and hammer home. Like yes. I, I have one client who's blocking right now, blocking Google uh, <laughs> and, and they have been for the last six weeks and their dev team's like, well, we're just trying to block X ex- like during the holidays. They're blocking extra crawlers coming to the site because their site is fragile. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> and, and I just wish I could be in those meetings every day, yeah. like showing them. And I do send reports. I just don't know if it gets to the dev team because I'm working yeah. with the marketing team and, and things. So sometimes I do dream about being in the house. But, <laughs> um, but as you said, like we have 10 different clients. So yeah. I just focus my time other places where I need it. But Yeah. Well, and I also found that, you know, working in house was cool because it's like, Hey, I want to do this. Okay. I'm just going to go do it. Um, and if you have that autonomy, that's fantastic. Um, but I was there for three years. And so, and thankfully I I did have three different websites that I was working on, but like if you're only working on, let's say one website and it's not like a giant e-com site, it's just a, you know, maybe it's a B2B site, whatever it is. Like there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Right? There's only so much for me. I started to get a little bored. Um, and it was nice. Cause like I said, I got exposure to these other things, but, um, it, it can get a little monotonous. Yeah, I'm sure. I think, um, like you, like you said, um, you're an agency girl. I think like, I don't know what it, what it is, but I feel like it's just bred into your personality in terms of which side of the fence you you fall on. Um, some people tend to lean in-house. Some people tend to lean agency for different reasons. I've said many times I've been in both situations. And for whatever reason, I just tend to thrive more in the agency lifestyle, as crazy as it, as it can get sometimes. Um, I've been in-house a couple of times. And each time I I just, I, I really didn't like it. <laughs> Maybe it was a function of just the particular opportunities and what was going on in-house uh, at the time. Um, but there have been times in my agency life where I'm, I think just like Jeff, like, man, the, the, the grass looks really, really green. It would be great just to, just to work on one yeah. website all the time and do it really, really, really well. And then you get on the, you get on the in-house side and you're like, okay, I'm working on this site <laughs> and now what do I do with the rest of my time? Right. But, but, yeah. but it is nice to be able to like have and develop close relationships with yes. a lot of different stakeholders within the, um, within the, the company. Like it's nice to, um, for example, in my last, uh, last role, I was able to just get up and walk two desks over and say, Hey, uh, Aaron, who was a developer, like, I'm trying to get this thing implemented, but like, I'm seeing this error and he would fix it on the spot and yeah, go, that's okay, pretty great. that'll get pushed live tonight. And stuff like that was invaluable. And not only that, but just walking down to, uh, to another floor to talk with one of the other teams and get an understanding because they handled customers directly and like working directly with them. I mean, there were a couple of times where we worked directly with them to actually create pieces of content. Yeah. Subject matter yeah. experts. Yeah. Uh, that's like one of my favorite things I talk about that yeah. a lot is like when I was in house, we talked with the customer support team every week. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was so awesome knowing here's what people are asking for. Here's what they can't find. Like here's what the site. Yeah. So th- there are those benefits. Yeah. But 
like I said, I, I just, I'm made for agency. I, I, I like the, um, I like the challenge. I, I like the diversity and I feel as if, um, the competition with other agencies, um, in, in, in addition to the competition with your clients and their competitors yeah. uh, really, really drives me. I, I come from a, a sports background, so I'm super competitive. Um, and not to say that if you don't come from other backgrounds, you're not competitive, but I feel like for me, that's plays, plays into it. So like, I, I, I like to win. And, and for me, agency is giving me the best chance to kind of, um, scratch that competitive itch. So. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. So you do public speaking. What's, what's that like? <laughs> what's that like? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, no, it's fun. Honestly, um, I don't, I don't even remember how I got into it or why. Um, but I just know, like, once I was up there, I was like, oh, yeah, this is for me. <laughs> you know, um, there's just something to be said about, um, you know, you're being in front of your peers mm-hmm. um, and having them listen it makes you have to up your game, right? I never, ever, ever want to go to a conference and disappoint people. Um, and because of that, I, I think it's really forced me to make sure that I'm talking about the right things. Um, I'm learning the right things. Um, I'm focused on the things that I'm passionate about. I think that's a huge one. Um, when I first started speaking, I talked about link building. About a year into that, I was like, if I have to talk about link building one more time, I'm going to jump off the stage. Like, I can't, I can't talk about it anymore. Um, but I needed to find something else that I was passionate about, right? And, and also, you have to find something that not everyone else is saying, um, although there's a lot of that, right? There's a lot yeah. of that in the space. Um, and, and I'm sure I've, I've done it too, but um, I, just, I just love it. I love what the camaraderie of conferences I will say that I have made some amazing friends through conferences that I go on vacation with now that I talk to in real life that have become close lifelong friends that I never ever would have gotten to do that without speaking. So uh, it's just fun. I just really like it. Have you, do you get nervous or are you just one of those natural naturals? Because like, I feel like it was, um, Oh, a couple of couple of guests ago, I can't remember it, exactly who, if, if it was Alicia or Alicia Anderson or Andrea Bergman. It was like, nope, I just step right up there, and it's it's easy. It's no, it's- I still get nervous. Yeah, there's a moment. Not, I'm not nervous like a day before. I'm nervous for like that 20 minutes before. But the moment that I'm on the stage, it's fine. Totally fine. Like the moment that I'm up there, your adrenaline's pumping. You're like, all right, I'm in. Um, and you can't be nervous up there. So, um, but yeah, there's about, I usually don't eat before. I can't. <laughs> just yeah. got it. Just got to go. I, uh, oh, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, I, I don't speak a ton, but when I do, I usually start off with a dad joke. <laughs> get the, you win get the crowd over. To win the crowd. As soon as I yeah. get them to laugh, then I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm good. But, <laughs> but if they don't laugh, I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. Like, ooh, tough crowd. L- luckily, I'm so good, they always laugh. So. That's right. Okay. <laughs> you got the greatest dad joke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have, this, um, I have this thing, and it sometimes applies to speaking, but mostly singing in, in public, <laughs> where um, it's literally like, like you said, 20 minutes before I'm set to like go on um, and go on. It's not like I sing in like these massive arenas or, or anything. My wife and I sing at a, a a benefit concert every every oh, that's cool. 
yeah, yeah, uh, it is cool. Um, but um, even as small as the as the venue is, um, I have this thing where when I go on for about the 20 minutes before, and even sometimes as um, as close to performing as literally like the song comes on and I'm about three seconds from having to open my mouth, forget all the lyrics. They just go out of my head. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a complete blackout. Make it really like scary because like there are times when I'm standing out there and all I'm thinking is not how well I need to sing more like, what do I say? What, what am I even singing? <laughs> what, what am I singing? And then, this, then the music comes on and I'm still, I'm starting to panic now, like panic, panic. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then finally, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I opened my mouth, words came out and they were the right words. And, and I went along my, I went along my merry way. And um, for anybody that has that kind of public phobia, the idea of public speaking can be nauseating, yeah. like nauseating. Um, so I guess what advice would you give to people that struggle with the idea of getting up in front of their peers? Well, what I was going to say was, I mean, what you just talked about is just the benefit of muscle memory, right? Like we talk about practicing. I know there's people who will say like, you know, I don't practice my presentations. I do. I run through them. Like, you know, I don't, I try not to go word for word, but like I run through that thing 20 times because I want to know that when I get out there, that if something goes wrong, right, if I can't see my slides, if there's technical errors or whatever's going on, um, you know, whether it's fear or whatever, that I still know my materials. Um, but one of the things we do here is we start getting people like some of the trainings that we do involve people giving presentations, right? Because you're only in front of maybe five people or 10 people or whatever it is, you start small. Um, I tell anyone, uh, you know, who's looking to get into public speaking, look at a local event. Like I started just doing word camps that we're here in Boston, um, events like that, or just like local SEO meetups where, you know, people give you an opportunity, new speakers, they're expecting new speakers where you don't, they don't care if you mess up, right? Mm -hmm. um, those are the things that, that for me, it's like, know your material um, and start small. Yeah, I've done a couple, um, when I used to live in Philadelphia and we had a, a pretty vibrant SEO meetup group there uh, called SEO Grail. And I got to speak there a couple of times. Um, and and I, I do small events a lot of times. I used to run a homebrew club uh, making beer. Um, cool. So I would, I would do a presentation. Yeah, it, you know, I, it was funny. When I decided to start a club, I was like, I don't want to do work after work. And I enjoyed beer. And me and my friends like who started brewing were like, you know, we want to meet other people to do it. And then we started a club. And then that grew to 300 people oh my gosh. <laughs> and, we, and it was insane. Like we would just at this one bar on a Tuesday night would just be packed to the gills. Um, the guy would never have any traffic on a Tuesday night before. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was a good time. But from there I learned a lot of just, uh, again, if you know your material, like yeah. if I talk about SEO or if I talk about homebrewing, I can, I don't need slides. Yeah. <laughs> I can just talk about it. But, um, but yeah, when you're in front of a bunch of people, it, it can be, be scary. So where, how'd you get from like the confidence, you know, you start off bartending, you were saying, and then now you know, 10 years later, you're in stage at, you know, MozCon. 
Um, and, and there's many of us who have been doing SEO just as long and, you know, haven't gotten past meetup groups. In, in yeah. Aspect, so honestly, um, I, again, I've just been really lucky, like the support of the community, I would say. So um, even when I first started um, doing like I did an SMX show and um, it, I, one of the benefits I was working in house. Right. And I do think there's a benefit when you're in house that if you're looking to speak, they're more open to having you, right? Yeah, with so, a big brand behind you. Yes, yeah. yep. And so that was really helpful. But at that show, I met a couple people, um, you know, Elizabeth Osmolaski, who worked for Third Door for a really long time, Greg Finn. Um, they're people who just became my friends, but they also were these huge support systems. And so they were encouraging me to start writing for Search Engine Land, right? So they got me doing that. Um, you know, they would encourage, they would help me with my pitches, right? So... I've just been really lucky, I think, in that the people that I have surrounded myself with or gotten to know have all been so supportive. Um, you know, even I was doing, um, I got invited to do Search Love one year in London and a friend of mine, Aaron Friedman, who I had met through another show, like we spent the night before our sessions just practicing with one another. Right? And so those kinds of things just, just really help. Um, I don't know. I'm not a shy person. (laughs) I think that that makes the biggest difference is I know people in the industry will talk about, you know, I'm very introverted or I'm very extroverted. Like I am an extrovert. I I just very much am. I enjoy being around people. Um, I like conferences. I like being in crowds. So um, that part I think certainly helps because, you know, when you're just out there just being loud, like I am, I guess, (laughs) I don't know if that helps or not, but funny my wife is exactly like that and i and she is like the type of person that never met a person that she couldn't talk to and like immediately make them like her and be her friend and i am like i feel, i'm a nice person but i am so <laughs> the opposite where like when i get into big crowd situations it makes me like twitchy uncomfortable yeah. super uncomfortable um, <laughs> Which is, I then find it odd that I choose to, to do a pod- podcast right. out there. Right, we're talking in front of people. I mean, I will say this, like, I don't love, I'll be the first to say that I don't love networking events, like, where you're just with a whole bunch of strangers, but like, right. I just psych myself up for it. So you just, I just get mentally prepared, and then you're just, you're in, you know, I'm fine once I'm in it, but gosh, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I mean, it was tough moving, like, I know you, it seems like you've moved around a little bit, but I... I lived in Philadelphia for 42 years and then decided to move to Atlanta and, and pick up the family and move. And um, it was really tough for my wife at first. Um, But she is that type of person too. You can put her in a room. She starts chatting with people. And and I think she's actually impressed herself with how she can, she's like a thousand friends now. (laughs) And and I'm the one sitting there going like, Oh, I have a couple people I kind of talk to. I know some people. (laughs) I'm still in like text with my friends back home, but it's, (laughs) and she's out every night. So so it's, it's interesting how um, put yourself in that position and then you can like get out there. So yeah. on it, Jeff, you'll have a few more friends. Yeah. That's what the internet's great. You know, (laughs) So Casey, what are some of the biggest challenges that you run into operating in the agency world? Um, I mean, I do think, you know, just thinking about the team, um, you know, thinking about hiring, it's so competitive right now. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, we're a smaller agency. There's a little under 30, a few, like 30 of us. Um, And when you're trying to hire that, like one to three years, person it is like 
just a battle. <laughs> and especially here in Boston, where there's a ton of companies and a ton of tech companies and even just a ton of agencies, right? A lot of the big digital, you know, the big agencies, you have like Digitas and, you know, those places who are now trying to get in the game and they're willing to pay a lot more to have those one to three years. Like I think hiring has certainly been a challenge. Um, we've been really lucky. Like our team is amazing. We've been able to get some really good people in. Um, but then you have people who are constantly recruiting them away. Um, so it's like a battle. I would say it's like such a battle right now from that perspective. Um, but then you have clients and, and you know, to, to Jeff's point earlier, there's only so much time. Right? There's only so much time. You only have so many resources. Um, I have a client right now that I adore. I love them to death. Um, unfortunately, when the search results changed in June with that big update, they weren't penalized. But what happened was the search results themselves shifted so much that they went from being in you know, the position one at the top of a page that didn't have a lot of elements to mm -hmm. now they're in position two, but ahead of them are now sponsored products and a map and a knowledge graph and a people also ask box. And so their traffic just tanked. And when you see that, like, it's just gut wrenching because you know, like I'm doing everything I can to help this client, but I can't get them back there. Right. Like unless those search results change, like I can't get them back there. Um, so that stuff is, is just it's so challenging and frustrating because you have these clients that you love and you want to help them. But right. sometimes you just have to say, like, we have to change our we have to change our strategy. Right. And, and I mean, like a complete 180 like we need to change our strategy. So I think that yeah. that's a tough one. I mean, it's tougher all these days with Google putting so many other elements on the page yeah. besides besides just organic. And it is surprising sometimes when I still do well and there are other things on that page, <laughs> but you know, Google's tracking all that too. So they're also going to be changing those features around a lot. And, yeah. and I, I do, you know, I think it's really important to start spreading out into other mediums because you're going to have video links, you're going to have image links. And it's like, if we don't optimize our images or maybe add videos, like th those are areas we can get to, I think figuring out how to track it all is another aspect. <laughs> um, but, but one of those is like, there's going to be 10 listings above you that are just not organic. Yep. And how do we get into those listings too? So. Right. And even like, you know, for that same client, I mean, one of the first things we, we did, we're like, all right, let's get like FAQ schema on the site, right? Like, they have FAQs, the search results are showing FAQs, like, let's get this up, let's test it, let's see what that can do. So we're really trying everything we can think of here to help with that. But sometimes, you know, there's, there's only so much that, that we can do. But yeah, I love your like, the, like, you have to diversify. Um, some people just don't want to hear that, though. So no, yeah, and it's hard to diversify, right? I mean, one reason when Jacob asked me to come on to the, the podcast was like it's something I always wanted to do, but I know it's a lot of work to, to do it. And it's like there's a whole bunch of new algorithms I got to learn because it's like to get your you know a podcast to even show up. Like it's one thing right. we're learning, right? It's like you on iTunes, we don't show up yet, but there's ones out there that haven't been talked like haven't they've have three episodes and haven't been uploaded in ten years and are like number four. Like, <laughs> It's like, why? So that's not the, uh, you know, that's not Google. I feel like if it was Google, I'd understand it more, but yeah, to figure oh out all other exactly. So. so when people don't want to hear it, how do you approach that? Because I feel like I've said it like 80 million times, the implementation, especially on the agency side is our biggest problem. And then 
changing hearts and hearts and minds and figuring out from a psychological perspective what can you do or say to get people to kind of come around to your understanding of a situation or the reality of yeah. the situation how do you how do you go about that I mean, one thing that I take a lot of pride in and that, you know, specifically here at co-marketing is like, we have really good relationships with our clients. Um, you know, I have a client that I've worked with since I started here and she's at like her fifth organization and she just brings us with her everywhere she goes. It's so awesome. Um, but because of those relationships, we are able to be very direct about it. Right. Like one of the things that I really do pride myself in is I'm not, I'm never going to lie to my clients. Right. So like that example that I told you where search results shifted, you know, I said like, look, we can keep trying to get back. We can keep trying to get back for this keyword all you want, but unless this changes, there's nothing that we're going to be able to do. But here's the data that shows here are the other things that we can do. Right. So, um, in fact, one of the, one of the girls who works here put together this sheet yesterday, this data set for this client that specifically looks at their competitors. Um, we've been trying to get them to do a couple things. We've been a little bit hesitant to do it. She pulled all this data, this competitive data, search volume data, like potential revenue data that now we take that and we present to them like, here's the actual financial impact of doing this. Um, and I think that helps. I mean, the one thing I always tell people, I'm like, just show them competition, just show them their competitors, right? Like, especially when you're talking to the C-suite, if you show them like, here's what your competitors are doing, they absolutely are always like, well, why aren't we doing that? <laughs> so I do think that helps is, you know, just, just being honest and direct, um, you know, using the data you have. And, um, you know, if you can get buy-in, from from the upper level that that goes such a long way do you find that they believe their data or the data that you provide them i do um but you know the one thing i do like is i think our clients are very smart that's actually something that's changed that's this is going to come out wrong that's <laughs> coming out wrong <laughs> <laughs> just like I wanted to rewind the, the early. Yeah, um, but like the one thing that has definitely shifted over the past, you know, seven years, specifically for me being here, is our our contacts weren't always um, search savvy, and now they are much more savvy when it comes to understanding SEO, paid search, whatever it is. So our clients not only they will question the data. If it's, if it's wrong or if they have questions, but they understand it. And I think that is really, really helpful. What do you think has led to that higher degree of understanding? I mean, I think just SEO is so much more well-known, right? I mean, there's still people yeah. who don't necessarily know, but, you know, 10 years ago, it was like this little thing that maybe someone did and it was such a niche, whereas now it's a thing that they teach in college, which is amazing. Um, but I think there's just so much more awareness of it and people who, who need to understand it. Do you guys ever like, I, like even five years ago, I had never once on, in, in like a traditional medium heard anybody like refer to SEO. So it was like the thing that I do for my living is like this super secret sort of sort of thing to the to the public and now like I'm driving around and I'm listening to in I'm in Columbus so it's 97 one the fan my sports radio and when you start to 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 get the commercials and the ads there are companies advertising SEO services and I'm like 
holy crap, this is becoming yeah. a little bit more mainstream. Whereas five years ago, like, no, you, you never saw it. I, even today I'm up, I'm upstairs and um, I've got a, a TV um, that can play, can play the YouTube um, and a YouTube ad came on and it was for a digital marketing and SEO company. And I was like, well, about a year ago, I didn't see much of that going, that going on. Um, so it, you're right. It is becoming a little bit more, more mean. know what we do. It was on Jeopardy. SEO is on Jeopardy. We've made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my, one of my favorite podcasts is uh radio lab. And for the last two months or three months, they, they've been brought to you by Wix. Oh and all they're talking about is Wix's SEO capabilities. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, this is my favorite podcast. Like they, their whole podcast is about like breaking things down. I wish they like broke their advertising <laughs> right. a little bit to, to find out that it's yeah. uh, hey, man. What's going on. Wix just shelled out $25,000 to Marie Haynes yeah. Dalton and like for winning the, um, the Wix SEO contest. And like, yeah. I was like, holy shit, if I didn't known there were tw- there was 25 grand on the line, I would have been like, all right, I'm in. I, let, me, let me get in there. But yeah. I, you know, I appreciate it that it goes to someone like her, though, who actually knows what she's doing, totally. right? That, you know, I think she made a comment today, like, you know, she had eight people working on it for six months or something. Like, but, you know, you see someone, it's like, okay, this is a person that I know is smart. I know knows what they're doing, like, better than some, you know, shady person. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when they ran the competition last year, I, I you know with uh, Patrick Stocks, he like it was it came down to between him and someone else, and um, you know there was a lot of shady stuff going on 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 some of those people where tons yeah. of links were being bought, and yeah. and and that was part of the rules like he couldn't buy links. So I, I know uh, I don't think Patrick was. I think the guy who won was. I think the other like, guy did. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so it, it is an interesting thing. I, I give Wix credit because. You know, SEOs love like that yeah. battle. Again, we're competitive. Right. So they putting that out there. On it too, so. yeah, totally. <laughs> like if we're not in it, we're crapping on yeah. it. So. <laughs> I couldn't believe the size of the pot though, man. I was like, yeah. Yeah, they're serious about this. 25 G's. Cool, man. So Jeff, let's move to the next segment. What's in the All new? Right. Let's get um, to the drama. Yes. Uh, more Twitter <laughs> drama. So uh, there was a post by uh, I think I'm going to probably announce it. We'll just say Holly because she, it's her name on there, but girl I think her ziplocked. Yeah. Girl ziplocked. So, but she pretty much came out and was saying, you know, the first two pages of Google never surface any personal blogs or personal websites anymore. Um, and you know, everything that's worthwhile, like a question you look at, um, you know, it's just being optimized, bunch of, bunch of SEO assholes. <laughs> and that was her word she used. And uh, I, I thought it was awesome. But at the same time, I, there was like, you know, as us SEO assholes were kind of going out and saying, um, there was a lot of different posts out there. So um, I know someone like Joe Hall kind of was like, some of us aren't assholes. And we took the time to learn the algorithms and did stuff. And I think there was just a lot of battle going back and forth between, um, just someone who's not so familiar with SEO and it, it, I could see, you know, like you type in anything and not anything, but anything that's like, Oh, uh, probably a broader keyword and you're going to have a major company show up for it. Especially if it's like something that you're trying to sell, you know, if you're typing in iPhone or, or something like that, like you're going to get a big brand, um, whether it's Apple or Best Buy or somebody there. And yes, they all have SEOs working for them. Um, but it, it was, the outrage was kind of interesting with it where, I mean, 
John Mueller posted about it. Like he wanted to know what people thought, you know, Bill's, you got all the big name SEO guys out there, Bill Slawski. Um, you know, there, it was an interesting conversation. I don't know what your take was it on, on it, um, Jake, but it was really an interesting kind of post between it because I really feel that, yes, there's big brands out there. I think I understand why there's big brands out there. I don't think it's anything, it could be, it's not shady. It's like we're trying to optimize for that. Um, I do feel like there are some bad SEOs out there and they probably are doing bad things, but overall we're all trying to make our clients site more for the customers. And that's why Google showing them over other people. And, and that's kind of what I feel that's going on, but I get her pain <laughs> why she's, she's like, if you don't know that and you're just a blogger and you wonder why your blogs lost half its traffic um, or, or isn't getting the traffic it needs, like of course you're just going to blame the people who specialize in that. So, I mean, at the same time though, if you're just realizing this, like you're so behind, that's yeah. why you're not showing up anymore. Right. I mean, yep. this started changing how many years ago? Um, I personally don't have any patience for that stuff. Like I just don't, <laughs> like, I just don't. like one. I, I try to stay out of the SEO drama. It's just like, right. again, I just right. other things that I'd like to do. Um, and usually it's just people. I think sometimes people just like to argue. Um, oh, but I do, th I do think, and one of the things I do love about the SEO space and the people in it is that people are very protective of it, right? And it goes back to what we were just talking about where five years ago, people maybe didn't know as much about SEO as they did. So I do think people are very um, protective of the community as a whole, protective of what we do because we've always had to be a little bit defensive about it. Um, because let's be real, like when I started, the shit that we were doing was not like was shady, right? You're just buying links and doing yeah. things and it worked and it was awesome. Um, and, yeah. and you know, there are people who are still figuring out how to game the system. And at the yeah. end of the day, like, yes, like we're not personally, it's not like I'm do over here doing anything shady, but I am working really hard to, in a sense, game that algorithm, right? Yeah. I want my client site there. And so um, what does that mean? Well, it means you have to have a brand presence and it means you need to have content. And, you know, yeah, these personal blogs don't necessarily have that. So maybe they shouldn't show up. Right. Um, and, and what are you trying to show up for? So I don't know. I just... I, I and I, I could show them, like, I, I didn't want to get into it because I'm anti-drama myself, <laughs> but I could show her where there's personal blogs beating some of my clients that are driving yes. me nuts. <laughs> yes. Because well, and it goes to the, it goes to the sense of diversification, exactly what we were just talking about, you know, yeah. for people who maybe you don't have a big brand, like you need to be looking at, you know, social or whatever it is, or medium or these other platforms mm -hmm. where you can gain visibility because I mean, even for some of my clients, I'm like, look. I don't know how much time you have left in Google here, right? Like, <laughs> time is limited for a lot yeah. of us. So, you know, whether you're a blog or not, I don't know. I mean, people just have things to complain about. What yeah. I find interesting about this is like, just like you guys said, there are certain queries like across some of my clients where like half of the results are product pages and half of the results are articles, uh, blog articles, resource articles, things like that. And as an SEO, it's like, it's really interesting to try to figure out what Google thinks mm -hmm. the real intent is. Is it informational? Is it transactional? Um, but I would say to like the first comment about how like, okay, Google never, almost never surfaces blogs and personal websites. What, and my Google pixel is going off as I'm saying, saying this. So I'm just <laughs> going to stop that. Always listening, Google. Um, 
it's well, it's just factually in inaccurate. And I'm for you know I hate to 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 rail on this particular person. I don't know what search that they were doing, but like honestly, the last place I I, I worked, like we grew our traffic in about a year by like a hundred percent, and almost all of it was like it was With your blog. Yeah. yeah. And that brought in a lot of business. So like, there's that. Um, the, the second part of this is the, um, the, the kind of more kerfuffle uh, where like, okay, well, just because there are people online that, that optimize things to show up, we're, we're all assholes. Well, <laughs> let me tell you something. Like, I, I feel like there are some, because there are two sides of the fence. One, on one side of the fence, you've got people um, and I think rightfully so, defending the industry and the people in it as not all assholes. Okay, and that and that's true. Like we're not all assholes, but there are some assholes. It's just like any other place on earth. There are assholes, and there there are not assholes in any profession ever. And let's so, be real. There's people that are in this industry that I like very much, but they're still assholes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. There's, there's even that. But then there are people on the other side of the fence. And um, this is where I feel like for me in terms of my opinion, because I believe that when we're all being generalized as assholes, we have a right to push back. But there are people right. on the other side of the fence. And I don't understand it quite as much. And I'm trying really hard that um, in one case, like Tom Rayner, who was a was a previous guest on this show and sometimes has um, some, some opinions on this this type of stuff, um, basically getting upset at the people for defending the industry and pushing back on, on this type of stuff. And there were other people saying, hey, um, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. Um, and I agree, like, okay, what, what's great about this country is that people are allowed to have opinions and there is freedom of speech. And that's awesome. But there's not freedom from accountability, right? You have the, the, the right to say whatever the hell you want. And so do other people. And you mentioned earlier that Twitter is great for our, it. Twitter wouldn't exist if people didn't argue, <laughs> didn't argue. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> so anyways. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so, so let's move on. <laughs> We can yeah. talk about this all day. Yeah. <laughs> let's quickly, um, let's get into kind of the team building. Want to be respectful of time. Um, so let's jump into the team building uh, component and deep dive on that really quickly. So Casey, how do you build a good SEO team? Yeah. Um, so this was something that I was asking, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Like I said, when I came back to co-marketing, um, there were probably about eight people, eight or nine people that were here at the time. And you know, we were growing and um, I realized that once you hit that 10 to 12 mark, um, you need things like processes, which like I hate, <laughs> but like just, I was like, oh God, like, all right, we need to do some things. Like how do we actually make this scalable? Um, and so I started talking to just different people in the industry um, about how they have grown their teams. You know, I was talking to Will Scott, um, talking to Mike Arneson about like what they do for training and, you know, just thinking what these people were telling me, I was like, okay, like what we actually have to do is, is give people the tools that, that are going to make them successful, but also you have to give them the process to lead them there. And I think that's something that I struggled with a little bit. Um, because I just don't love 
having to tell people to do something a certain way. Um, because it was, especially with search, there's so many nuances, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I see people who are like, okay, well, you told me that I have to have 60 characters. And so I have 60 and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I just, I just had somebody today ask me how important the little green bubble is in the Yoast SEO plugin. When they <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that stuff's hard. <laughs> right. So, like, you have to consider all that. But I mean, one of the things that that we realized is um, one, you just have to. We start people slow, um, but we also give them. you know, we give them templates for things and we give them the tools they need and we give them the information they need. And, you know, now we have managers who are helping and there's people above them who are, we're guiding them through the process, especially people who they don't have any experience with SEO, right? They don't know what it is. So um, I would also say the one thing that we have certainly changed um, is focusing on the user. And that's one thing that I tell people, the team now, especially new people, Um, when it comes to things like keywords, is I always tell them, like, think about the user first. Um, And that's something that even that I feel like has changed. Um, But you have to really think through all of the nuances that come with search. And and that's tricky. Um, But I think when you're building your team, you know, you you learn it as you go. I'm still learning these things every day. Yeah, it's funny. I always tell there's different, everyone has different ways of doing things. Right. And right. When it comes to the title tags, like I am kind of the anti like pipe between like keyword pipe, keyword pipe. And just, I I'd rather it read something Same. better. And, and at the end, it's not even like, I don't like pipe client. I like, you know, buy client or something. <laughs> some sort of read, yeah. you know, it's like yeah. get new Nike sneakers, but you know, from whoever. And it's, yeah. um, and, and it's just little things like that where getting people in brand new in SEO and they read a lot of articles, you just end up seeing it like way more robotic than it needs to be. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I know Jake's working on a lot of training stuff for at our work and, and it's kind of, it's tough to get the full gamut of everything you do yeah. in there. So we're trying to build like a slow kind of library of videos and that when someone who comes in, they can go through them. Um, That's a great idea. But I think just the relationships between senior people and, and junior people is where I think a lot of the team building needs to, to come from. So Yeah. And I mean, even thinking about um, like how we starting them. So like, we don't just immediately drop someone into like doing keyword research, for example. Um, but what we might have them do is optimize a page, which forces them to figure out like, how do I find the right keywords and how do I make sure that I'm, you know, I'm whatever I'm changing still relates to the user, but it also forces them to go look at search results. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of easing them into all of the, the elements before saying like, all right, like I'm going to have you go do this, this full scope of, of keyword research or whatever it might be. How do you, when you're bringing people into the team, right? There's just like in sports, right? There's, there's the X's and O's, right? But then there's also an element that's a little bit more undefinable called chemistry, right? And fit uh, within the team structure. So when you're bringing people in, and it doesn't just have to be intro people, it can be mid-level and senior people. What are the characteristics of a person that you look for in terms of that person's fit as you're constructing your team? Yeah, we sat, I mean, as an organization, we sat down about two years ago 
and, and it tried to answer that question because we were, you know, we really wanted to take hiring. We really take it seriously because again, we're a small team. So the people that you're hiring, you're putting a lot of investment into that person. Um, and what we figured out is the people that we're looking for, they have to be self-motivated. I think that's the biggest thing is like, we don't have time. I don't have time to micromanage people. And also who likes that? Like nobody, right? like, nobody likes that. So it has to be an element of being self-motivated and in this industry where things change, like we're talking about, you need to go figure, you have to be curious, right? You have to go figure out, oh, well, I looked at the search result yesterday and now I'm seeing something different. Like why? Um, or like last week, my client was here and now they're not. Why? Um, so I think between being self-motivated and curious, those are such like key elements for us. Um, and, and the desire to learn is, is a big one, a really big one. So I love when we interview someone, <coughs> excuse, excuse me, I love when we interview someone and they say, um, yeah, well, I've been doing this, but I'm really interested in this. So, you know, I went and took like the Google Analytics test because I wanted to learn about it, right? Or I went and looked at HubSpot's X because I wanted to learn about it. That's the stuff that really intrigues me. Um, and I'm like, all right, this person, this person's going to be a good fit. So are there ever, and I, I want to be, we're, we're running out of time, so I'm trying to squeeze in, squeeze in questions. Are there ever people that check those boxes but then come in and still aren't a culture fit. And how do you, I guess, how do you figure that out? We, we haven't, we haven't had that. Honestly, it, we've been so lucky. I know. Um, but we do like when the people come in, like I, we're very, we work in an open office, right? And, and I'm very just apparent, like the questions that we ask are, you know, the questions I ask are what type of environment are you looking for? How do you like to be managed? How do you learn? Um, you know, what, what is your, your dream job? What, you know, those questions kind of, they can give you a lot of insights into that, but we also will have, like, it's not just the leadership team who's interviewing these people. We have their peers come in and talk to them. Um, we have the, you know, middle managers come in and talk to them. So, mm -hmm. you know, at the end, we're all deciding, does this person seem like a fit? And I think that helps. Um, yeah, okay. We've had like one, maybe, maybe there's like one person. <laughs> So we've been lucky, I guess. Awesome. So if you know you went out, got a couple of drinks, and you're talking to the bartender, and the bartender says, "Hey, I want to follow in the same footsteps that you did. I want to get into SEO. What kind of advice would you give them to go, like, come from like you know bartender, waitress, or you know yeah. any type of job into the yeah. SEO world?" I tell people all the time, um, start build a website. Um, even though they're not showing up in search results, um, yeah. you know, start playing around with WordPress. I think WordPress is the easiest place to start. Um, but just building your own site, I think that's your best test environment. You're never going to learn more. That's how, like, I didn't know HTML when I was coming out of school. Um, I just yeah. started playing around with it. I started building my own websites. I read, like, I got, like, HTML for dummies. I own, I bought SEO for dummies. <laughs> yeah, see? Um, <laughs> you learn this stuff by doing it. And that's never, yeah. and that goes back to our, the start of our conversation about being at an agency where you have these different places to play and, and explore. And I would say just go, and I tell the team here, like, if you want to learn, people are like, oh, I want to learn HTML. You can. It's, it's not really that hard. Um, there's plenty of places to do these things, but go start, go start playing around um, and read. I mean, I read an hour every day still. 
I read, I pay attention to what's, what's, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on my Feedly feeds, I still read every single day to learn what else is new. Awesome. Yeah. Reading is very, a very important and underrated yeah. skill in this industry. Yes. Um, well, Casey, um, know you're, you're uh, running out of time and have a hard stop. Wanted to thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Casey G. Uh, you can find me, I always say this, on LinkedIn. I'm never on LinkedIn. Don't find me there. <laughs> find me at comarketing.com. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. And uh, I know our audience will, um, will love your episode. It's a great, uh, great discussion. Well, thanks. It was good to talk to you guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about the show or listen to more episodes, visit us at page2podcast.fm. That's page, the number two, podcast.fm. Our episodes are also available on a number of other platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Deezer, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Additionally, you can also listen to our show on our new YouTube channel, if you'd like to become a sponsor or would like to be interviewed, get in touch with us at thepage2podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, happy optimizing.